Uh, we ready for war. Never back down. Give me some more. We came for the title. Killing the game. Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. Hope everybody's doing well wherever you're listening at. I've been extremely busy working with a, a lot of hitters lately and having a lot of fun. Um, off season is kicking off is officially here and so spending a lot of time in the in the cages so I've, I've had a few players come in to uh, Cincinnati from out of town to get some work in and obviously players locally in Cincinnati as well so if you're someone who is um, from out of the state out of the city of Cincinnati and interested in coming in for um, a hitting assessment please send me an email jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com um, I already booking now through December and, in, and into January. So jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com if you're interested in coming in for a hitting assessment to uh, to the great state of Ohio and Cincinnati, Ohio. In today's episode, we have Dr. Peter Fatty. Dr. Fatty is someone I've had on the podcast before, and he's a, he's a great guy. He's someone who is um, a little bit unique in the sense he's not a typical coach. Um, well, he's not a coach at all, but he's been into the technology and he's actually a professor at Southern Illinois University. He's a professor and director of learning design and technology at Southern Illinois University and he has a, uh, a product called GameSense Sports. So he's the chief science officer at GameSense Sports and it's a really cool um, product and it helps hitters improve their pitch recognition skills so what it essentially is is as a pitcher is about ready to throw a ball you see him on the screen then the entire screen cuts off as soon as he releases the ball and you have to guess what pitch it was and whether or not it was a strike or not so it's pretty cool stuff he gets into it a little bit more in this episode and what he decided to do was for all the listeners of the Patrick Jones baseball podcast if you click the link to GameSenseSports.com, and you click that link from the show notes specifically, you'll get $30 off GameSense Sports. So go into the show notes, click the link for GameSense Sports, and at checkout, you're going to get $30 off courtesy of Dr. Fatty and GameSense Sports. And now, here we go with Dr. Peter Fatty. This is the future. This is my time. I grind and shine. I put in the work. All right, we now welcome on the podcast, Dr. Fatty. Dr. Fatty, thanks for coming on the show today. You bet, Patrick. Glad to be here. So you, we've had you on the podcast. It's been several years since the last time you've been on. But what would you say? Like, I, I know your background and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I just gave everyone your background during the intro. But if someone were to, to meet you on the street or talk to you or refer to you, how would they describe you? Like, what, what would you say your your role in the game of, of baseball and softball is? Yeah, well, that's pretty interesting. Uh, first of all, I'm not a coach. Okay. And, you know, I played a little bit, um, but, you know, I couldn't fall out of a, out, out of a boat and hit water. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I kind of learned enough as a player to be able to help my my own kids who played college uh, baseball and softball, uh, respectively. And then I've I've just done this deep dive into into training pitch recognition, specifically with this video occlusion method. Um, that was just something that I discovered when I was doing my dissertation research. I know you had an episode recently where you were you were looking at research, you know. So I've done that that type of of academic research 
and um, you know, really discovered that method. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not over promoting it. I'd say I'm probably the world's expert in video occlusion training. You know, there are experts who who've done the research in that, and this is a method that's been used for four decades, you know, close to close to fifty years. This has been used, and all along. The scientists working with that, the sports scientists, have known that, hey, this could be a great training method, and nobody's ever really made it into that everyday training thing. So I had that piece, and then I spent you know, uh, 13 years working with coaches. I was a video coordinator at Purdue football. We were just talking about uh, you know Purdue. And so that really has you working with, uh, with coaches closely. So I really feel like I got that foot in the coaching, I got the foot in the science, and that's where it shows is really, really being able to get this usable technology tool out to uh, coaches and players in a way they can use it. Every day use it, not trying to blow it, you know, it's not disruptive. We don't even want to be disruptive technology. We want to be integrated technology, you know, something where you don't even think about it. What what makes you the world's leading expert in video occlusion? Like what specifically do you feel like you have on everybody else? Well, the thing is, we've been doing it for five years now, working with um, players. So you know how to prepare the films. I've I've shared widely how you how people can prepare their own occlusion videos. It's pretty simple. You get as close as you can to a batter's view of a pitcher and. You get video of pitches and then you cut it off at various points. You know, here's halfway, here's a third of the way, here's at the hand. And uh, and you have to guess whether it's a ball or a strike and what type of pitch it is, fastball, curveball. So that's a very simple method, but there's a lot of precision in how to train it, especially when you start putting it into an app. You know, so it's it you're trying to get inside the mechanism. If you're not getting inside the mechanism, you're not doing it enough not doing it enough to have an effect. So once you get inside the mechanism, you want to be really precise. You know, when do we advance somebody to that next stage? Where do we cut those things, uh, those things off? Um, so that's where the precision comes in. It's, it's a seemingly simple method, but it's got to be used really precisely. Who are some of the people that are using it and have had success using it? Well, we had a really it's kind of timely now. We had a really, really early implementation with the Diamondbacks. So this was back to 2017, 18. We've got a couple of pro teams that we work with, but you know those are under under NDA non-disclosure type agreements. But this goes back more than five years. This um, project, and it was when they were just starting. They just had a new general manager come in, and they had really said, "We're going to make controlling the strike zone." part of our our hitting culture. We're going to make that a priority. And so that affected certainly how they drafted. They started drafting more college hitters. Um, and um, somebody like Pavin Smith, or, you know, coming out of UVA, you know, University of Virginia, and some, some players like that, and really making it an emphasis. Well, part of that was just, you know, taking a chance on what was really a brand new company then, and really the first one to be using this occlusion method. And they they made it compulsory all the way through um, through full season and uh, advanced A levels, 2017 and 18 for two solid years there. And it, it really became a part of what, what they did. Like we said, so that nobody even thought twice about it. Didn't feel like some, you know, exotic uh, technology. They 
players were supposed to do two or three drills, less than five minutes. Uh, they had team iPads and uh, then the players started picking it up and doing it on their phones. Like one player said, I did a deep, did a focus group with them after their first year. And he said, yeah, one day I, I got all my game sense in waiting in line for my, uh, my uh, in and out. Mm. So uh, that worked, you know, and so, you know, it's really, that's not to say, Oh, we caused something. What it is is to say, here's an organization that's decided that that's an emphasis and this is one of the things this is one of the things we do to make that part of what we do so the you diamondbacks know. were have been a, a irrelevant for seems like decades dr fatty comes on and they start implementing game sense and bam here they are in the world series and well, that's a good bam. testimonial was, right there that's a pretty big bam that was 5 years ago and like i say i'm being really careful not to promote or suggest any kind of cause and effect yeah i'm more saying Here's what it looks like when an organization makes that type of decision. So you're on talking to coaches all the time. That's right. If they say, hey, we've got to get stronger. If they say in the fall, hey, we've got to get stronger, then it's okay. You know, what are you doing in your hitting program to make that happen? Right. If they say, we got to control the strike zone more, we've got to make better uh, swing decisions. It's like, okay, what are you implementing to make that part of your program? Uh, so that's that's really what it is. It's it's kind of a, those, those are things that are, go together. If a coach says, how do I make that part of my program? Here's a way to make it part of your program, along with other things. It has to do with who you recruit. It has to do with uh, the culture that you build up. I mean, again, coming off the World Series and flipping to the other side of the ball, I was really impressed uh, with the Rangers and how they could really take a team approach. You know how every once in a while, not that often, but every once in a while, you just sit down and really watch a TV baseball game. Well, I mean, yeah. like pitch by pitch tracking everything that they do and, and there was a late season game where they had to beat castillo luis castillo you know from the from the reds how great yep. he is um and they had to beat him at at um at seattle just to stay in the playoff not to drop off altogether here they were in the middle of this kind of free fall but it was like we what everything else that's happened we've got to win this game and they just had this unbelievable team approach um, you know, they still weren't getting his high stuff up here, which is, you know, his four seamer up here is rated the high, best pitch in baseball. But you could tell that they were saying, we are not chasing at the bottom of the zone. We're not chasing at the, at the bottom of the zone. And that doesn't mean we're not going to chase the slider off the, 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 uh, change up, um, or the sinker off. What it means is you're not going to chase right here. You're not going to chase right. You're, you're going to lay off, even though your eyes tell you that's good. And what we hear sometimes, you know, we're going to see the ball up, right? We're going to see the ball up, which means you're going to force that. In this case, they're going to force him to throw his bottom of the zone, breaking stuff, strike to strike. We're not going to chase that. We're going to make him throw that. And, and that's what they did. I mean, they started working at it, a couple of walks, you know, take some, some tough pitches, uh, put a couple of balls in play. Not, you know, home runs flying all over the place. They can certainly play that game as well. And they yeah, and I, got to him and they beat him. I, and I, I think you bring up uh, several really good points there. I um, I think for one, it's what's impressive to me is, you know, they they had that buy-in from everybody. It seems like everybody on the roster just completely bought in, which is a lot easier said than done. I'm sure a lot of coaches can uh, attest to that, especially at the professional level. It's different in college because you have more control over, you know, the rosters and things like that versus at the professional level. But I um, 
I think one of the things that makes that type of approach work against somebody like a, a Castillo or a, is, you know, hey, if yeah, we're going to take everything low and we're OK with the fact that, you know what, maybe he does sneak in a fastball at the lower part of the strike zone and, and we take it like that's because here's the thing. He's not going to be able to consistently do that time and he's going to eventually mess up. And that's when that's when we're going to capitalize. So I think that's where a lot of players you know, make that mistake is, you know, when they have an approach like that, uh, you know, he maybe throws that fastball on the bottom, bottom part of the zone for strike one and then they abandon the approach right versus sticking to it i think that's what's that's what's really impressive um i know you, since your background like you you're not a former coach or you know played and things like that you view the game from probably a, a different lens what what are some of the things that when you're watching games or and i know you've seen a lot of teams practice and things like that like what are some of the things that you like versus don't like well you know i already like that makes it. sense to you versus don't doesn't make sense to you 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 mentioned the two strike approach too. So really, what we're trying to stay away from is is chasing. Yeah. So you talk about the shadow zone and everything like that, and it's like, okay, those are those are tough. Those are very challenging. If we can take away just that chase, and and we're talking, you know, three, four more inches off of the plate, that you wouldn't even think about swinging on first pitch or with less than two strikes, and all of a sudden with two strikes, you're 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 chasing that pitch. So as much as people like to say sometimes, oh, uh, you know, uh, people don't fear striking out anymore, gone out of the game. I don't think that's completely true. There's still fear of striking out looking. If you come back as a, as a warrior, you know, on your shield uh, because you, you, you took a mighty hack, hey, you can still feel good about that. And it's, it's tough. It's really challenging mentally. I mean, people want to talk about mental skills, psychological skills. How about the psychological skills to be able to stand in there and take one for the team and hey, if you're wrong, you might get rung up, but you are reclaiming control of that. So yeah, it really does come down to a lot to that two strike approach. You know, now a lot of people seem to be like being really aggressive early in the count, right? Like even Garcia, you know, we don't want to change who he is. He's this hyper aggressive, super remote, you know, this is the guy he is. we don't want, but can we scale it back just enough? And you can see it happening. You know, he's, he's, he'll be that aggressive animal, you know, and then you get the two strikes and uh, get a little bit more control. All of a sudden he doesn't chase that pitch. He gets one more and, and does some damage with it. What are so, some drills? What are some drills that you like that you've seen over the years that maybe different teams have done to, to help with pitch recognition and, and swing decisions? There was a drill early on. This is when I was working down with SEMO, Southeast Missouri State, and Dylan Lawson, um, who's uh, then in the Yankees system and and has has made a really made pitch recognition a part of his whole approach. And uh, he was down there, and um, actually Jeff Albert had his hands in this. We were all just talking at one point. We made this drill, and I know Jerry Weinstein has, has posted on this too, where you take on the screen like you've got another another hitter doesn't need to be a pitcher like standing on the other side of a screen in the batting tunnel. And we had a piece of PVC pipe like this. So we're, we're taking this drill and it's really just to work on the high fastball and the curveball out of that. Cause a lot of pitchers, you know, if you're, if you're of a certain vintage, you can call it Barry Zito drill, but some of us will get that and some not. Right. Yeah. Uh, so here's the line like this and the, the, batter on the other side you know like i say whoever's acting as the pitcher they don't need to be a real pitcher you don't need to bring a pitcher in from 
you know, away from his practice. And if he throws that with a fastball release above the line, you lay off. The hitter's just got a tee, just got a bat, you know, a ball on a tee. Goes above that line, you lay off. Fastball comes out below the line, you hit it. Curveball comes out over the line, you hit it. Curveball comes out below the line, you lay off. So you're just trying to put in mind how pitchers try and use that high fastball and that curveball off of each other. Uh, and so that's a strict pitch recognition drill. Are and, you working with any any schools right now? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got all of our, our various uh, clients that we that we work with uh, as far as, you know, using the app. Um, I'm, I've talked with some guys up at University of Minnesota to, to try and uh, do some of the drills that we do. And we've talked about doing some of these. And some of those aren't even pitch recognition drills. I know we've talked about doing the black seam drill, you know, where you just, you, you mark up and Mike Killian down in, in St. Louis, he does this. He's an instructor down there. And whether he's doing short toss or from the machine, you know, regular balls from the machine, he'll just make the, the um, take a magic marker and blacken the the uh, stitches. So if you get a black seam one, you lay off. Mm. It's not necessarily pitch recognition, but it gets your eyes really tracking that. And it's really more of an impulse control. So, you know, sometimes those two mix, but they should work together. Where you've got the, you've got to have the pitch recognition so that you kind of know what you're looking at. And then just the impulse control to, to lay off of that pitch. I like that. I like that a lot. I uh, I think what ends up happening a lot of times is, especially when your players are taking batting practice, whether it be off a machine or a coach, is they're just in like just auto swing mode, right? And so doing drills like that can help break that up. Or you know, one of the things that sometimes that I like to do is I'll I'll turn the music up really loud. Um, I put make sure the heater on, so again the, the noise is even louder. And then like I'll I'll have the fastball machine on, and then it, I'll every once in a while I'll turn it off and then put a ball in. So it becomes a now it's fastball changeup and they don't know which one it is because the music's on. They can't hear the the motor start to to slow down and it's really tough. I mean, it, it's really tough, but to your point, it, it, a, they like it because it's fun. It's challenging. And B I, from like a coaching standpoint, I like it because now they're just, they're not in auto swing mode, right? They don't necessarily know exactly the speed that's coming and, and, um, and so they can't just gear up there the exact same thing time and time again. So that's that's one of the things that I like. Have you ever done that one before? Uh, I, actually, I used to do that when I was doing the football video coordinating. Um, oh, really? At, at, at Purdue, I remember one time we were going to we were going to play Notre Dame, and so the coach asked me to uh, you know pipe in crowd noise. We're typing piping in crowd noise. But, you know, that wasn't really like um, like that. That wasn't getting what you're getting at, where you just want to get that anxiety up, even though yeah. it was realistic. And this is a good training point because realistic isn't always what makes for a good training setup. You see, mm. like you're talking about exaggerated things. So I, he said, he said, that that's not getting what we want. I want guys, you know, agitated. I mean, I want it to be. So I said, OK. So the next day we went out there and, and, um, and I set up a loop to play rock music backwards. And if you ever listen to loops of, of rock music backwards or any kind of music backwards, it'll really make your skin crawl. I mean, it was. I have, I have said, not yeah, actually. I've never, it, that's I've never even heard of it. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you can, if you could get a loop or just, you know, you can probably go online and find a loop of that. So next time you're trying to enter some distraction into your, in some, 
just some anxiety and everything else into your players one you that you got the music booming as always what if you push a button and now it's playing back it's it's a very disturbing thing <laughs> i like that i'm gonna have to steal that and try that out yeah so that one worked out really well a lot of reps a lot of reps like what we were looking at there and instant feedback and then progressive difficulty so when you get pretty good at recognizing that slider, we were seeing about a third of the pitch. That's our that's kind of the basic level. And there's science that shows that that 150 milliseconds, that that one third of the pitch is an important decision time. Uh, you start getting good at that, then you get less of the pitch. Mm. You get less and less and less. And you're still making that that decision. And so while we say that video occlusion is the the technology that we're using, that's just the pitch cut off. Which you can see is a lot different than like VR, where you've got a where you've got kind of a um, a three D computer generated animation of that. You know, it's real video. So um, even with thousands really of of youth to pro hitters, we've never had anybody say, "Oh, it's confusing." They just go, "Oh, that's just video." Yeah, it is just video, but it's an angle you don't usually see. And this cutting it off and making you guess, cutting it off and making you guess, now engages your brain. And, you know, take advantage of those little moments of those little, huh? Oh, uh, that's that's the sound of learning. Yeah, I mean, from a video standpoint, it's it's from a really good angle. And I mean, you can't get much more realistic from a video standpoint. I mean, I don't even know, quite honestly, I don't even think if you if, even if you had an umpire cam, I don't think that would be as realistic, per se, because the height of the, the hitter could be a little bit different. And I just think it'd be a little bit even it wouldn't i don't think that would work so i i think that in the video standpoint is is really good on that um what about what about players like should they when they're using that and they're using some sort of video occlusion should they be standing up in their stance should they be like how, how like what's the best way that you've seen players go about trying to make it as realistic as as possible so it, it translates to helping them make better swing decisions in the game well like one of the things they do at iowa is if if, if we're two offensive players okay so you've got your turn in the cage and they'll have up on a big screen behind you like the kind of screen you'd use with your hit tracks or something but a lot of facilities have a pretty good sized monitor computer video monitor like on the side and so you're watching the pitches and I'm holding I'm holding the iPad or the or the uh, iPhone with the app on it. And so your job is to hit fastball strikes. So if you swung and you're just hitting off a tee. So if you're that one we were just watching, mm -hmm. that's our pitcher Evan on the uh, on on the app. So you watch watch that if you swung at it I enter, you know, that uh, I enter your guess on that cuz you were only supposed to swing at fastball strikes. And then you see, okay, that was wrong. And you get the replay from it and everything like that. So you're standing and swinging. Now the balls, it's not a simulation. The ball's not coming exactly to where that is, but you're making your swing decision based on what you see there. So they're hitting, they can see the, the monitor from the pitcher's viewpoint where they're straight on. So they're hitting kind of right at the monitor off the tee, right. like inside of a cage. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. How many yep. how many people do that normally? Is there have you noticed a lot of college teams or pro teams do that? Well, I know that they've been they've done it for years at um at, at Iowa. So they're the only ones who've ever sent me video of it. I think other people do it. I know that at down at Sanjack, 
they do that there too with their hitters where okay. they do a lot of standing in and and hitting right off of the uh you know right off for the timing of it like i say it's not it's not a simulation you would say from that and we had a lot of coaches don't like hitting off the tee because they don't like um darren everson uh, calls it the the heavy front shoulder you're gonna stare yeah. down at the well now you've changed your entire mechanics you don't you don't swing like this you swing like this right head right. chin moving like again i'm not the hitting coach i'm not a hitting but I, I i got obsessed at some point with people hitting off of the tee and like um you had dr bailey on uh, a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about visualizing pitches even if somebody's visualizing the pitcher, and if you're using the app a lot, it's really easy to, to visualize a you know a pitcher and a pitch coming in. You know, don't let yourself go to the T until your eyes come down there, until your swing to your swing takes your eyes to that to that point. Um, and so that's what I like most about that was you really see them hitting in that rhythm, not that kind of heavy T, you know, hitting it like a golf tee shot. Um uh, and then, you know getting that getting the the rhythm of the pitcher and kind of dance with the pitcher all that kind of business is that your favorite way that you've seen coaches use or teams use um the app uh, absolutely what yeah. i really like my very favorite way is when they now uh, this this is a hard sell for the kids or whatever but basically they've given them game sense homework mm. and so they'll say watch this guy okay and and then the coach can track that so you're coming in there and I say, Patrick, you, 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 went, you, you did some of those drills against uh, uh, that, what's that pitcher? Jason is that pitcher. Okay. Uh, and now we've got him up on the screen. So it's the same guy you were doing the homework on. And now you got him up on the, uh, on the screen there and you can take some rips off of him. And the players always like that a lot. Um, the one thing sometimes um, facilities will use that as like a station and that's great. But what you really like is where they can track every player, what they do um, against that. And so if you are <clears throat> working with a team or guys coming into your facility, you can assign that player. So you would like assign, if you're taught your head guys coming in, you would assign uh, Jason. You know, I already say we're going to we're going to have cutter week. And, you you know, the pitchers in there that, that that feature a cutter. And then you've got some other drills and you can design your whole thing around that. And you can follow what they what they do like this time of year. I really like for college coaches to do what, what we call a boot camp where, where that's where you take two or three weeks and you're you've got your guy. And right now is the time to do it where you've got your guys doing 10 minutes a day of, uh, of, of, of game sense. But you're assigning that so that they're all doing the same pitchers. And then when it comes to offseason, you finish your fall work. You can go back through that and you can really get a breakdown because now you've got three, four, five hundred pitches and we're able to see, OK, uh, Jones, he's, um, you know, we can see on this that he is identifying sliders really well. Like he'll identify, and we had a guy like this. This was, this was one of the players at Mizzou who had been a, a really big user of it. And, uh, you know, here is, OK, this Jones, he's reading it even when we cut it off after only like six feet. He's reading sliders really well. But you know what? He still swings at at um, at at the ones out of the zone. In other words, he calls it a calls it a strike when it's a ball in the app, and the coaches say that's exactly what the, you know what this guy does. And that particular player we were talking about, this was during the fall, and he was he was their best hitter. You know, he was a very productive hitter coming back, COVID fifth year senior, all that. 
And um, it was like, where can this guy improve? But he's one of those guys that carried like a 220, 380, 540 slash line. It's like, well, we can do better than than 220. And um, but because of the way they'd broken that down, they were able to say, look, your slider problem that both you and I know about, right? You're, you're chasing sliders problem isn't a pitch recognition problem. It's a dog and squirrel problem. You know, you got to just not chase that thing. So then he could go into it, something focused, work on that. Uh, take that, you know, every every uh, couple of at-bats, you flip a count, you go to a 2-1 instead of a 1-2 because you didn't chase that. You get that extra pitch in the in the two strike. And, you know, he he, he did up that production then in the, in, the, in the following season. So that's what we like to see is that you can actually do a lot of kind of diagnosis based off of people doing concentrated work in the app. They're just playing the app as far as they know. Meanwhile, you're getting all these behind the, the scenes um, analytics on it. Yeah. Have, have you guys had any data on, on schools, pro teams or organizations, college teams, whatever, before and afters in terms of started using the app and see, being able to see uh, you know, more walks, less strikeouts? Like, have you have you guys seen any of that? Yeah, we have. Now with the it's it's kind of hard to say because there's so many things that can go sure. into it. So I'm really reluctant to put something out there and it sounds like, oh, here's another guy claiming that his whatever cause is his technique or his great coaching or something, you know, caused this right. person's success. And that's that's seldom the case on it. But like if we go back to the Diamondbacks, because this is, you know, pre pre five year um cutoff, but they did that for two years and they increased I, I don't know if you use the metric of walk to strikeout ratio you know what I mean? yeah walk to strikeout ratio they used to talk about strikeout to walk but walk to strikeout ratio so for an individual hitter 500 right one walk you know they used to call it two to one strikeout ratio but five a, a walk to strikeout sometimes called good eye of 500 that's really good that's really what anything above 500 is is uh pretty much elite and if you get to even to a thousand, you're, you know, it's almost like a slugging percentage like that. 400 is about average, you know, so 500 is really good. 400 is average. 300 is low. I mean, the person needs, either needs to be getting more walks, more strikeouts or whatever, but, you know, and um, so in the two year period of doing that, their teams uh, in were a hundred points higher. Now, it's hard to say it's the exact same guys because it's different guys using it one year than the next year. So I'm not saying they improved that, but they were 100 points higher. Now, you know, that's not a controlled research study. And being an academic, that's not something that uh, would would uh, be put out for um, peer review, academic publication or anything like that. That's something that was done for the group by an outside person um, and just using using available data, you know, just public uh, data on batting averages and the such. And again, not claiming any, any causality, but what you are looking at is saying, okay, here's a tool that goes with working on, on plate discipline, swing decision type metrics. Here's some evidence of good things happening in those, in those areas. And, um, you know, that's, that's pretty strong. Cause that's with a hundred guys in an organization. Yeah. And that's also over the course of a hundred plus game season too. It's not like it's a 30 game season where it's, 
you know, there's a lot of different things that can go into, uh, you know, whether numbers are better or worse from year to year. So I, I definitely, I mean, I, I think it's great overall. I think one of the things that I really like about it is you know, so many players and everybody these days, people in general, are it's their phones, right? So they want to be on their phones. They're always on their phones. And so sometimes you just got to meet people where they're at too. And so it's pretty cool that, Hey, they could be on a bus ride somewhere and they're still like, you know, getting better and, and, being able to work on their pitch recognition and things like that. And just think about, Hey, if a, a pitch shape starts, starts in this spot, it's going to end up in this spot and, and just kind of gets their mind going in, in the right direction when it comes to uh, what pitches that they're, they're consistently looking for. So that's another reason why I think it's a, a really good tool, but overall I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, and I like, I like what you say there about, you know, what's it look like coming out of the hand and what it look like at the plate. And that's really what we're after. I mean, to some extent, just like going to the weight room, you have them do squats, you have them do bench, you know, you have them do whatever you do. That's not necessarily what they do in the game. You know, you don't have an offensive lineman go out there and press a linebacker, but you have to have them do something. So when we have them recognize the type of pitch, guess ball or strike, what it's really about is tuning your eyes, really tuning your eyes to what do you see out of hand? What's it mean at the plate? out of hand at the plate, out of hand at the plate. So you don't even think about it. You just visualize it. Like uh, Tommy Everidge, who's the, um, the A's major league hitting coach. Um, he was working with his son in the minor leagues. And he said what he liked about it was that it forced hitters to create the shape of the pitch in their own head. Just what you said, out of hand at the plate. And so that's an instant, and like an instant picture, dot, 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 connect the dots out of hand at the plate and you see that and you're you've got that pattern and then you you know you swing to that that spot so there's a big question about whether you can do that you know on the phone part task uh or whether you need to do it whole task and one of the things this was some feedback that i got from somebody more working with youth ones uh, that they really wanted to have their hitters have an aggressive approach you know he was working with 13 14 your old hitters and he didn't want them trying to be selective he wanted them being really aggressive first because it's more fun you know sure. get out there and whack the heck out of the ball anything you can reach take a shot at but knowing that somewhere along the line that's going to quit working working for them as well they're going to have to have this other folded in but he didn't want it up front and so he said at first he was reluctant with that but like you said he kind of liked the idea and he started having them do that and so they don't actually, they don't actually um, conflict with it. So you don't have to tell somebody, "Hey, work on recognizing." They just play the game. Mm -hmm. They just play the game, and then all of a sudden, when they start running into pitchers who can spin the ball, who can throw a a, a strike to ball chaser, all of a sudden they kind of got it there when they need it. And, yeah, and I mean, I, whoever that is, he's he's hundred percent right. Especially you don't want really young kids. I mean, you want them being aggressive because. One, they can only think about so many things at one time. And so I think, you know, you start giving them, hey, you should take if it's here, swing if it's there. I mean, they they can't do all that. So it's let's be aggressive. I think Kyle Wagner does a great job. Yeah, this it. is actually exactly who I was yeah. talking to. His green oh, light was that hitting. It? Okay. Okay. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Wagner is green light hitting. And we had a nice conversation. He was kind of, you know, well, I'm not sure I would want to get that in there. And so there other people say, well, you can't just work on that on an app. You got to be swinging at the same time or, uh, and I don't think it's so, you know, it's like you almost want it to be just a separate thing. You're just doing this, 
you know, it's like you were increasing your strength. Well, it's that's not necessarily going to help you on Saturday. Right. Somewhere down the line, that's going to pay off. Well, here's here's the, I mean, the thing about hitting and hitting development is there's a lot of anecdotal things when it comes to helping hitters. And so, yeah, maybe somebody, you, you could, you, that's definitely a fair argument. Like it's on an app, you know, you're not swinging or anything like that. But here's the thing. If the hitter thinks it helps them, and they go up to the plate thinking that, uh, you know, they're now more confident. And I, I mean, who can argue that it doesn't work, right? I mean, so you, I think that there's, you have to be careful with saying like, uh, it, it, they have to be swinging a bat or, you know, things like that, where it's like, if the hitter believes that it, it's helping them, then it's helping them. And so I know that's frustrating at times because it is a little bit anecdotal, but it's just the truth. And so, and and I just think you want to, earlier you talked about how, you know, you want like organizations to be bought in and emphasizing, Hey, this is what we believe in. And, and so I think that's a part of it too, where it's, if they're practicing it, even if it's not in the most realistic setting, if, if they're constantly, you know, thinking about, Hey, swinging at the good, swinging at the right pitches, taking bad ones, things like that, that's going to carry over as well to when they do pick up that bat of, of being more selective and, you know, knowing what to look for and, and pitch shapes and things like that as well. So I, I understand what, you know, those people are saying, but I just think that um, hitting just a different beast. It, re- it really is. And I, uh, and so I just think there's more than one way to to help hitters, even if it even if they don't even have a bat in their hand. So well, and so, you know, what we're really trying to be able to say to coaches is um, what we know from our experience with this and from the like I say, 50 years of of research on this is when hitters do this type of work properly and regularly it's going to have a positive effect. It's going to help some more than others. You know, for some people that was the missing piece. And if you find one of those people, it was the missing piece for all of a sudden, bam, they're flying. Other people it's just an incremental, you know, improvement on. Um, But what we've kind of added most recently to that is this journey thing. And I I think we've talked about that before, where it's a forced type of thing before it was like, Hey, you can sign up, you get 10 free drills, use them however you want. Now, you go, you sign up, and it's completely free, no credit card or anything. But you get a, a ten drill journey. You, it's a forced thing. It's a locked step. You're gonna, you get this little intro one. You get this picture. You get if you're a youth, you've got certain ones you do. If you're high school, you have certain ones you do. If you're college pro, you have certain ones that you do. And at the end of that, you know, you can walk away if you want, and you're a better hitter. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, obviously we hope that you'll subscribe then and, and really make it part of your every day. But uh, but that's a that's a big difference in that. So we're able to say to that coach or that parent, hey, you don't have to like babysit the thing properly. Being done properly is taken care of in that. All you've got to do is take care of the regularly. So you're getting them in there. If you make sure people are doing your work and you you pop up the app and check it that quickly, you know, you take care of the regularly. The app is taking care of the properly, and you're going to have a, a positive effect from it. Good stuff. Dr. Fatty, appreciate you coming on. Where can somebody learn more? Where, where should they go? Um, well, they can they can go to GameSenseSports.com and, uh, and, and be able to go into that and just sign up. Give it a try. You don't really need to know. It'll kind of explain it all to you. There's a coach in the box. You'll have to recognize him. It's a, 
you know, it's just the old uh, gray beard, um, Dr. Fatty, that'll lead you, lead them right through the drills. It just says, hey, you know, you're doing this one. And uh, it's like weightlifting. You don't need to understand everything about it. You just have to trust the process. Yeah. Um, and and that's, the, that's the thing. People have been doing this occlusion method for a long time. But this is where we're really making it this controlled process, like a great weight room workout. There's a difference between going down and throwing some weights and really having a, a great program to follow especially when you get it done enough that we can say, okay, Patrick, here's your baseline. Now let's work on this or this or this. That's where a coach really starts to add their value. Gotcha. Awesome. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Sure, Patrick. Appreciate it.